This is the Double State Sports Podcast. I'm Justin Cosio alongside Chris Hunt and Mike Manichino. And it is day seven of 30 clubs in 30 days. Today's the second AOS episode of the series. And we'll be going in-depth on the Oakland Athletics, who had quite an interesting offseason this year, to say the least. You know, welcome back to the show, boys. We've got a great episode today. So, uh, Chris Hunt, let's hear your first thoughts on I was gonna say, the um, Oakland can Athletics. Can I please start? I'd love listen, to hear you listen. start. I think the Oakland Athletics are a great team, right? Here's the thing. Can they respect their players? I don't understand. How how does Simeon almost win an MVP and they just let him go? Like, there, there's for no reason he should be wearing a Blue Jays jersey right now. There's literally no way he shouldn't be in the Oakland A's roster. I, 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 I don't understand it. It's actually embarrassing the Oakland A's did that. And I'm not an Oakland A's fan. Please, rem- please remember that. But it's still embarrassing as a baseball fan to watch the Oakland A's just let a player who gave their heart for this team, who exploded onto the scene, just let him go. It's not like he was even that that expensive like it, it literally doesn't make sense to me i don't know man that, it, that just really pissed me Here off was the see. thing with them he was a 13 million dollar contract this year which like you said isn't expensive at all and the a's offered him a contract which was a one-year 12 and a half million deal with 10 million deferred over the next 10 years it's ridiculous it's ridiculous i don't understand it to to be fair and I, I, I also agree that they, they should have re-signed him. And I've always been on the Oakland A's that they don't treat their players well at all. And it's disgraceful the way they've treated their guys over the years. They trade them as soon as they start making any sort of money and they let them go be stars somewhere else. However, Marcus Simeon had a terrible walk year. He hit 223. He had a 679 OPS. He only he hit seven homers. And this is coming off of a year when he was he was finished third in MVP voting. When he had 33 bombs, he hit 285, drove in 90, 90 runs. I mean, almost a 900 OPS at playing shortstop. Real solid player, really good player. But I mean, he got 18 to 19 million for one year from the Jays. There was no way they, the A's were going to pay that. Uh, sad to see. This is a guy who might have been. I mean, two years ago, he was their best player. I mean, certainly a core piece of what they do. Uh, not, not good for the game to see stuff like this happen where teams like the Oakland A's just never re-sign their players. They, you got to have somebody to build around. You got to give somebody for your fans to buy a jersey of. So I I hate the way that this – I mean, they've been, they've been doing it since the invention of free agency with Catfish Hunter and Reggie Jackson all the way through to McGuire and Canseco and then Giambi. Uh, they just don't, and then re- more recently, Cespedes and Donaldson, they just don't retain their guys. They don't, it's not how they operate. It gets them, they've gotten to the playoffs pretty consistently because they run the team that way, but I think there's also a reason they haven't won anything when they get there. And well, now, it, remember, I, uh, sorry, Justin. No, you go, you go. I, I was just going to say, now remember also, Matt Chapman is in trade rumors. That's They're exactly trying to get what rid I was about too. to bring up. Like, it's just, it's so weird to me. I don't not understand. Not to mention they also let Liam Hendricks walk in free agency. And oh, we haven't a, even got there yet. Yeah. This is a team that last year won 36 games. That's extrapolated over 162 games. That's a 97-win season. If they were on pace, if they kept that pace up for a 162-game season, that would have been their third consecutive 97-win season. And now you let one of your better infielders go in, in Simeon. You let your best reliever go, arguably the one of the best relievers in the entire league top five closer for sure 
and might have been the best reliever in the game last year, too. I agree. Yeah. I would agree there. And then you might trade away your star third baseman, who is a top three third baseman in the league, and he's not number three. It, it, literally, if they just maintain, if their offseason was just dedicated to maintaining their team, I would say at least a B plus, you know? At the very least, it was a B-plus offseason just for re-signing Simeon, uh, re-signing Hendricks, just just, just doing that, that alone, because that would have made him very competitive with his, the division they're in. But, but the no. names they lost keep going. They lost yeah. Tommy Listella also. They lost, they lost Robbie Grossman also. And yeah, they're frustrated. This, this is just the way it goes for them. I, I'm very happy I'm not an Oakland A fan. Yeah, I, mean, they, I agree. This is from a team that doesn't score a lot of runs as it, as it is. And they lost three of their top bats. In the it's lineup. just frustrating as a fan of the sport to see a team with so much potential just shoot itself so many times in the foot. It's just Ho- very frustrating. Hopefully getting out of the Coliseum in a couple of years will do them some good when they get a new stadium and maybe they get a revenue kick. But hopefully. They just don't spend any any money. This is nothing new. They've been the fact that they've been winning recently I and mean, getting to the playoffs is the reason that they didn't tear it down and trade these guys. Uh, the pandemic certainly. This is a team that's always strapped for money and is doing this in any time. And now more so, it's going to be intensified. I know we we saw we heard a little Matt Chapman rumors. I don't see any of that actually happening. I think moment, this is. I don't think so either. They still have point. a very – they don't have an ace, but they have a very deep rotation of two or three guys that are twos or threes. So I, I they got some depth there. The The bullpen is is obviously significantly weakened by the loss of – I will Hendricks. say, though, that the Trevor Rosenthal addition was fantastic. That was a, the one good move they made this yeah, offseason. Yeah, I can't speak. How does the show? Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor is a very good closer. That is a good addition. Then Joseph on Trevor top of that, they got Sergio Romo. You know, shut up, I, shut the, up Justin. The Rosenthal addition is kind of confusing to me because if they were going to spend that money, what did he get? Twelve million for one year? Something. Something along like those that. Lines. Yeah. It's like, why didn't you just give that to to Marcus Simeon? Mm, go figure. Like, I don't know, man. You, you should have given that to Simeon. Uh, uh, not even Simeon. Maybe Hendricks. Because well, Elvin Hendricks got a Hendricks got a nice con- multi year commitment. Of, what was his three for fifty something? Three for fifty six maybe. Three for forty two. Forty two. Or no, fifty fifty four with the incentives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so I I like this. I like the Rosenthal addition. I would have liked it more for some other teams who needed bullpen help that weren't letting a Lee of Hendricks walk. Uh, I mean that. So they 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 do have a little money. It's just. I like the signing in the after, you know, in the aftermath of everything that happened, but they could have just, I would have preferred they put that money towards keeping Liam Hendricks. You would think, but apparently Elvin Andrews is going to be just as much of the gamer as freaking Marcus. (laughs) I don't know, man. It's so So frustrating. Chris Chris Davis will not be hitting 247 for the, (laughs) yeah, for the A's this year. Uh, That's a guy who I think has been overrated somehow on a playing for the Oakland A's. It's <laughs> difficult to be overrated, but Chris Davis managed to do it. Now, my question and, for uh, you guys. They got Elvis yeah. Andrews out of him. My question for you guys is, how do you think their bullpen is going to sack up this year now? They lost Liam Hendricks. Like we said, they brought Trevor Rosenthal on. They also brought Sergio Romo on, but I don't expect much from Sergio Romo. 
This bullpen was the best in the league last year in ERA, second best in bad and average against and on base percentage against. Where do you think this bullpen ranks now? I think we talked on the episode yesterday with the Astros, how the Astros are the best in the division. And I still stand by that. But is this still a top five bullpen in the league? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I think they're still, they're still filthy. Uh, I think we're going to see some more Trevino this year. And I think he'll be, he'll be kind of nasty. I mean, they have, they have pieces still. It was, it was dominated by, by Liam Hendricks at the back end, but this is a team that always manages to throw a pretty good pen out. I mean, they've they survived the loss of uh, Trinan, and now Hendricks is gone. So I think they will continue to to be all right at the at the back nine. What do you think, Chris? I would say top ten, not top five. Not top five, but okay. tor- towards I the think, towards like the seven six kind of area. I think t- top five isn't much of a stretch. I'd probably put them right around four or five. I mean, Jake Dykeman had a great year last year. I think he can put up much of the same. Uh, like I said, Lutrovino is going to be a good arm for them for years to come. And Trevor Rosenthal, one of the better closers in the league. I think they definitely have enough pieces. There may be times here and there where the bullpen gets tired and they might have an off game here or there. But I still think they're one of the better ones. And I wouldn't put it past them to put them in a top five, if on the edge of five. Nice. But how about we take a look at this lineup next? It put it simply really isn't that great even last year when they had Marcus Simeon and Tommy Listell and Robbie or Robbie Grossman this lineup wasn't really putting up a lot of runs it was largely carried by their defense because they have one of the best defenses in the entire MLB and their bullpen not to mention their rotation wasn't too shabby either but this team is never predicated on being good offensively and that's where it kind of hurt them in the playoffs and if they don't do anything about it by making a trade at the deadline, I think they can see themselves having the exact same fate. I'm yeah, hearing... this, is, this is not a good offense. It hasn't been when they were at full strength. Even, even when they were in wild card games the last couple of years, it's, it's Simeon at the top and then the Mats, Chapman, and Olsen, and then it kind of just – you fall off a cliff and you get to five, similar to the way the Tampa Bay Rays are built where you get to five and you're like, is this guy, is this guy really a big leaguer type of type of hitters? Um, I mean, Matt Chapman was, was hurt last year. Olsen kind of had a down year. They need those guys to, to carry, but they need probably 35 homers out of each of them. Neither one is an average guy. They're both big pop guys playing. No one in the line defense. is really an average guy. No, yeah, none they, of them. But that's, that's not how this team, that's yeah. not how they it's built always it. been like that. Their yeah, their walk their walks and home they they build for OPS power and walks, uh, which hasn't which doesn't work for any team in the playoffs not just the A's, but I there's is there enough here for them to be a wild card? I if everybody play plays up with their pitching probably but this team yeah you're right this team is not gonna not gonna score 900 runs there. They're gonna if they get to the playoffs, it's gonna be back on on the back of their pitching, and they're gonna have scored enough. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say anything different. That's kind of where I'm at. 
they definitely need someone like uh, an Olsen to pick up his production. I mean, Chapman. Chapman, I mean, he's an excellent player, but he's got to hit for more of an average. Um, Elvis Andrews, I guess, be half the man that Marcus Simeon was. I don't know, man. Like, there's not many, there's not many players on the team. I, I, I could see hitting for, you know, above 300 or anything. At best, you get a, a 275. Yeah. yeah. I don't think anyone really goes above even 275 on this lineup. I, th- yeah. I think there's a lot of 250 with power hitters yeah. on this team. I would agree. I mean, that's, well, that's, that's all you're looking for, really. The addition of Mitch Moreland just backs it up even further. You know what I mean? He's the exact same style. I mean, yeah. that's all they're that's all they're adding to this lineup, which it can be beneficial at times, but a lot of the time the bats are just going to go dry and you're not going to get a lot of production. And this team, I was going to say about – Two years ago, even last year, I was going to say they had the best infield in the MLB. But with when you lost Marcus Simeon, that takes it down a lot. You have Chad Pinder at second base, who is about average, if we're being real with ourselves here. Uh, and then you have Elvis Andrews now at shortstop, who is, you know, again, same thing, pretty average. And none of the guys are hidden for average. And... When you don't have anyone that's really hidden for average, I mean, you're stuck with someone like Ramon Laureano as your leadoff hitter. And Laureano is not bad by any stretch of the means. And I think he could be a very good player one day, but he's more of a player that's a like a Billy Hamilton kind of player where he'll play good defense and steal a decent amount of bases, but he's never going to be crazy offensively. He has more power than Hamilton, of course, but he's still not going to be getting on base um, an extreme amount of the time. And mind you, he really did not play well in the uh, shortened season last year. No, he didn't, but he also had some issues with just like being suspended and stuff and just well, he still going played in and out of the line games. Did he start in all of them? I, I don't know if he started in all of them. I, but he... Go yeah, for I like I like Laureano though. I think he's a He's a good ball, but there's. I think there's c- calling him Billy Hamilton is is rude. I think that's. I don't. I don't see that. De- the defense is there, but in different ways. Like he's got a. He's a great defensive center fielder, and he's got an absolute rocket. Billy Hamilton's more of a range guy, steal you base. I don't. I don't think Loriano's that type of player on the base path. And I think there is some. There's some pop and some average. If, if I think if anybody hits two seventy five on this roster, it's Ramon Loriano. He would be the only guy, but it's still yeah. I, in I 2019, him, he had 288. Yeah, but I don't see him going much higher than that, and I don't see him having really a non-base percentage above 350, maybe maybe 360. Which, again, I mean, it's it's good. It's obviously a lot better than the league average, but it's is it tr- a true leadoff hitter? If this is the guy they're putting in the first, I, line I of like lineup. I like him leading off for them. Well, I mean, there's no one else that you're really going to lead off. He's the one that fits the role the best on this team. But how many other teams would Ramon Laureano be leading off on is my question. If you're if we're talking like 2019 Ramon Laureano, I'd say quite a few he'd lead off for. But, I mean, coming off of a year where he hit 210, probably not a lot. But I'd, I'd say he'd hit first or second on maybe half – or at least 10 teams in the game he did first or second. Even right now? Right now, yeah. If you want that might be a little bit of a stretch, but You're 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 big on throwing away the the 60 games, so You're right, I am. I am. 
I don't know. I, to me, a leadoff guy is usually someone that's getting like 370 on base, uh, a little bit of like a little. He's got good speed, but a little more speed than him, and like 300 batting average. Maybe I'm going for an idealist. Maybe I mean a little bit of an idealist too much here, but. I don't know. I'm not trying to say anything bad about Loriano. Like I said, I still think he uh, has the tools to become a really good player and all-star at some point in the future. But I, he's the best suited for this role as a one, as a leadoff hitter. But I don't think he's a true leadoff hitter. Um, just overall, in comparison to how leadoff hitters have historically been. I, I get what you're saying, Justin. You're saying that in this situation they're in, he'll probably be the leadoff. But in the ideal situation, you'd rather him be more towards like. Like even two, like a two, yeah, even a three, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I get that. Is that a bit far fetched, Mike, or is that understandable? Pretty reasonable. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, we gotta we gotta touch on this rotation because okay. it's it's very deep. It uh, is deep. It's got Mike Fires is gonna be the one leading the rotation as of right now on MLB.com. He's listed as their number one starter. Um, I don't really know how much I like that. I like uh, probably maybe him as like a as even like the three in this rotation. I don't. I, like, I don't think he's even. Yeah, I don't think he's even the two. Yeah, I like Sean Manaya, Frankie Montas a bit more, and even on their better days, Jesus Luzardo and Chris Bassett could arguably be a bit better than Mike Fires as well. I mean, Chris Bassett came out of nowhere last year and was filthy. Oh yeah, he was phenomenal. But I don't know how much he'll uh, continue to do that. Yeah, I don't know that you can expect him to main maintain those numbers i'd i'd say mid threes for him next year uh manaya still really is, good in that yeah still really good uh i mean him as him in the middle of the rotation you'll absolutely take that with manaya at the top they lot they got lazardo coming up that's a name that should not be slept on he's he's got electric stuff and he's coming along i mean he didn't pitch that well last year for them but give him time and then we've 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 kind of danced around the name Frank Frankie Montas a lot. He's my he's favorite pitcher in that stuff. rotation, personally. He's yeah. the most hit or miss there, though. He is. Um, I I, I got his stats up. Twenty twenty, he had a terrible year, above a five year A. But you can't forget his twenty nineteen season. He was very good. Twenty nineteen, he was probably you could argue he was probably like their ace that year with a two point six three. Um, if he returns even a bit towards that form. He's going to be one of their best pitchers easily. I could see somewhere like a low three from him personally, and you'll probably get double-digit wins. The thing is with Montas is like even last year he had a few really good games. He had – looking at his game log right now, he had a game against Seattle in August where he had seven innings, gave up four, uh, four hits, one run, nine strikeouts. And then right after that he followed up with a game against Houston where he had seven shutout innings and only two hits. So there are these games where he just goes out there and his lights out. But then after that, there were three games where he just failed to reach the fifth inning. So even in the middle of a season, it's just he is one of the most inconsistent players in the MLB. Yeah, that is not a guy you. I don't think you can call the one of your staff. Uh, someone that even a, a one is someone that when they don't have their A stuff, they're going to battle and give you at least five or six, even when they don't have their good stuff and they're kind of getting beat up and giving up four or five runs. They're still going to eat innings. Frankie Montas is when he's on, he's on and he's, he can go out and pitch with anybody and give you, give you seven and for one or two runs. But when he's off, he's getting chased out in the fourth inning. And that's, that's a mid rotation guy. I'm not saying he should be their ace. I'm saying, I think 
my prediction is he's going to have a better year. He's going to return more to her form, become more consistent, and be more towards her too. That's fair enough. I, I wouldn't see him as their two. I'd probably see him as their four. I would probably say – I would probably say – I don't know. I, I would say him as, as a four. I would put Manaya and Fires definitely above him and um, probably Bassett maybe. I would, I would probably put him as, as their four. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. And I also think that this is a team that really isn't going to rely very heavily on starting pitching. Yeah, they have they a, have they have really a very strong bullpen. bullpen and I think that their starters are going to have some better numbers than they normally would because they're not gonna ask much more than five, maybe six innings from them, and they're gonna they're gonna ask a lot of their pen like they did last year. And it worked for them. I mean it got it them works. into the playoffs, it got them yeah. into a thirty eight one season. Yeah, they, they don't let their guys, similar to what Tampa does, they don't want their guys facing the order a third time. And it, it works out great in the regular season. We're yet to see this mindset kind of get a championship. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. One last name that we didn't uh, mention is A.J. Puck, who's going to be there. Just, just slide in. the safe lane. Wait, we wait, usually wait. are. We usually yeah, we are. are. I was just going to bring him up podcasts. as well. Uh, he's 25, and he had a good year last year. He's currently being seated as the sixth starter on this team just because it, they've got five other starters, and he's only had one year in 2019, excuse me, because he opted out last year. And he um, he looks like a really good, young, left-handed guy. And if um, Frankie Montas is unable to go on opening day, which I'm not entirely sure, he's currently on the 10-day DL. I don't know his outlook on that much further than that but he could be a guy that if he gets a chance to get a start or two in a month of april before montas comes back i think he can solidify himself and stay in the rotation and perform well enough to do so yeah this is a guy who's i mean with top five pick in the draft uh pick six pick six six. okay so right up there uh electric stuff the only thing that concerns me is Young service time. I, I'd have to dive into the service time a little further to know for sure, but uh, they'll probably want to save him if they they'll they'll use their options with him. I and coming off of not pitching last year, you you know you don't know what sh- type of shape he's in. I would you would hope he's coming into camp and in good shape. And he I, I'd say there's probably going to be some innings restrictions on him after a year of not pitching because he's one of the a guy they're looking for for the future i doubt they're gonna go out and let him pitch every fifth day and if they do he's probably not going more than five innings even when he's locked in so i say maybe he starts a couple games early in the season but even if he even if he's lights out i wouldn't be surprised if he gets sent down after after everybody's healthy or what about even being shifted to the pen because that's where the bulk of his experience has been i think that they're probably would like to develop him as a starting pitcher. I agree. Especially I, with two guys uh, on the older edge of things on uh, in the rotation. Yeah, I you you mess you start to mess with guys when you when you keep throwing them in the, the rotation of pen. I don't think that they're going to take the chance and just they're going to try and develop him as a starter. If he, if he flounders as a starter this year if he gets a couple opportunities opportunities and he's not great maybe they throw him in the bullpen but i think that they would it's going to be more beneficial to the oakland days in the long term if they get him as a 
as a starting pitcher as as opposed to he'd probably be a lights out reliever, but he'd more valuable as a starter. Oh, let's let's hit the over unders. Right. Yeah, let's do it. What, what's Vegas got for us? All right. Well, Vegas has us uh, having them sitting pretty at second in the division, right behind the Houston Astros. The Astros, we said yesterday, were eighty-seven and a half games, and the A's are right there, right behind them at eighty-six and a half. Mm. So, uh, Mike, I'll start with you. What do you have projecting them this year? I really like that line. That's very good. Uh, at eighty-six and a half, very tight. Uh, I had I took the over on the Astros. And I said they were going to win the division at like 89. So just to be safe, I'm going to take the under. I think they will be right around 86 or 85 games. But this is a team that got worse. And uh, over a full 162, I think that they're, the woes that they had in their lineup last year might get exposed a little more. Uh, Matt Olson didn't even hit 200 last year. There's a lot more things to dislike about what they did this offseason than to like. So I'm going to, I'm going to slightly take the under. I'm going to concur with Mike, but just barely. I think they hit literally 86. Literally 86. So you yep. think that they've got a good line out here? And if it, it I, is a very good line. line. Good job, Vegas. I, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of this line. I hate to um, agree with you guys for the second episode in a row, but I agree with you. And I think it's a little bit further off than you guys think. I'd give them like an 83, 84 mm-hmm. win at this point. And a little bit of me really thinks it's going to come back and bite me because that's how the Oakland A's always operate. But in rotation, yeah, they have good depth, but they lack a true number one. And even with the other guys, they have a lot of consistency issues. Um, We dove deep into it with Montas, but even some of the other guys don't have the most consistent stuff. Mania doesn't have the most consistent stuff. Bassett, we only had one really good year. The rest of his career has been inconsistent. So I don't think with a really consistent rotation, I think it's going to hurt them. The bullpen's still very good, but you lost who the guy who was probably the best reliever in baseball last year, and that's not going to help you. It's still good, a good, a good bullpen. It's not going to kill them. And then the lineup didn't get any better, and it was a struggle as it was last year. So I'm going to take the under. I think 83-84 wins is what I would give them um, if I were to give my best guess. I still think they have the potential to make the playoffs, maybe have 90 wins, but I don't personally think it'll happen. It's it's also when, when you look at the Oakland days, when do you ever look at their lineup or their rotation or their bullpen before the season and say that this is a team that's going to win 90 games? They're never built like that. They find a way to win close games. They're not, they're not going to put up all numbers. They're not going to have five all-stars, but they, they always find a way to win games. That's why... I thought the line you, – you had them a little lower than I did. I think that they – just like the same way the Rays do it, I think it, the f- names and faces don't really matter. They find ways to be competitive and win games. But still, I don't think it'll be 87 games. Yeah, yeah they do, and I really hope this doesn't become a soundbite that's used against me because they do always find a way to win. God knows how, but it's just like them and the Rays are always the two teams that, you know – no matter who they put out there, you're always making a risky bet, betting the under on them. So that's going to wrap things up on this episode of the Double Say Sports Podcast. As always, great having you both on, and it's a pleasure to have you guys listen to this podcast as well. Thank you. 
so much for listening, supporting us through our journey. Stay tuned tomorrow for the Los Angeles Angels episode of the Double State Sports Podcast. We're going to have a longtime friend of the pod, Patrick Hefner, on. He's only been on two pods before the week one NFL previews. Uh, but he'll come back, be making his return. He's got a lot to say as he's a big Angels fan. So make sure you stay tuned to that. Make sure you share it with your friends. Tell your friends about that pod because it's a yeah. big one. It You're is, not going to want to miss it. Rumor has it. Patrick has watched multiple Angels games, so he's kind more of than a, one. More than one. He's a he's a big fan. We can't wait to have him on. So thank you everybody for listening, and uh, take care. This has been the Double Say Sports Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Double Say Sports to be notified every time the podcast goes live.